Morning, church. Morning. So glad that you guys are here and worshiping with us this morning. I know it's a little dreary. Uh, uh, some, some rain came through, and you know, it's, uh, I think this past week really showed us that we're in that time in West Virginia weather that you just can't explain it, right? I mean, woke up Monday morning, and it's colder outside than it is in the house. That shouldn't happen in August, but uh, uh, you know, when we lived in Michigan, it was cold in the morning, cold at night, cold in the morning, cold at night, so... We got, we got in the habit, you know, dur- during that, but uh, I, I love it. I love this season that's coming up. It's uh, a sweatshirt, chili, and football. That's my three favorite times of fall, so I'm, I'm excited. We're getting ready to get there, so, um, but, uh, so today we're going to continue uh, with a story, or in, we're going to continue uh, with a character in the Bible we've been kind of set on for the, the past couple weeks, and that's David, and we're going to talk about the, probably the most famous are the most known story in the Bible, and that's David and Goliath. But we're not going to talk about Goliath. We're not really going to talk about David. But we're going to talk about the supporting cast that was in the story that a lot of people just, just uh, don't know or forget about or just uh, they skip over that part. But, uh, you know, in life, there's a lot of things that I really enjoy, like I shared with you. And um, I love just a big old bowl of chili. I love it. I love chili. If you don't put beans in your chili, it ain't chili. I'm <laughs> just saying I love chili, I, and, but there's, there's a lot of things in my life I just really love, and believe it or not, one of the things I really, really love in life, I love being a parent. I really do. I, 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 now, sometimes parenting's a lot harder than what it should be, and I always blame it on the kids, not the parents, but uh, I'm just kidding, but uh, uh, it's, I love it. I absolutely love being a parent, and uh, uh, I love everything about it, really, but there's a couple things that discourage me. There's a couple things that upset me, a couple things that I really could do without, you know, and, and I, 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 I wouldn't say I hate it, but I'm very close <laughs> to this in parenting. I love it. I despise it. I love, oh, I'm sorry. I hate borderline despise that my kids think they need to grow up faster than what they should. I just don't like it, <laughs> right? They are in a hurry to grow up. I can't care. I don't care for that very much. And, 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 and you know, when I look back at, at my kids when they were smaller, you know, Parker, when he was little, he always wanted these Lego sets. And he always asked for the Lego sets, like, um, for the ages of 18 to 47. You know, they're, they're really big ones that take you a couple days to, to do. And I'm like, child, you're four. You know, you're five. And he's like, but I really want them. I was like, all right. So I'm sitting there reading the instructions. And by the time I'm to page two, he's done with it. And I was like, you should not be doing this at the age of five. You should be, you know, the little cars that, there's eight pieces to it, you know, but he wanted to grow up faster. He, he wanted to do big kid things. And he always loved that this, this toy or this, this uh, Lego set was, he's not supposed to do it for another 15 years, but he loved it. Pierce, Pierce in Michigan, you could not play tackle football until you're in third grade. So Pierce saw his brother play tackle football because they're about three years apart. And Pierce hated it because he wanted to be, he wanted to play football like Big Brother does. And he wanted to play tackle football like Big Brother does. And I remember there was one time, Parker's, Parker's team, they're third and fourth grade. And Pierce, I think was kindergarten, a kindergarten or first grade. And they didn't have enough kids. Pierce like, get me a helmet. I was like, you are not playing with third and fourth graders. And then, so we had to tell him, I said, well, until you're old enough, you have to play 
flag football. So Pierce did the Pierce thing and just started laying kids out in flag football. So we had to have a conversation with him about why that's wrong. Um, but he wanted to grow up. And you know, our daughter, uh, she does the typical young girl thing and 10 years old and wears beautiful dresses and does fashion shows and in our, in our house and you know, does all that things because she wants to grow up and she wants to be older than what she is and she wants to be uh, a young lady, a young woman. And that's one thing that breaks my heart about my kids is they want to grow up too fast. I think every parent can relate to that. We just want to look at them and scream, what is your hurry? Because in 10 to 15 years, our kids are going to realize, man, I should have listened to mom and dad. You know, when they start paying bills and start having this feeling about their kids, they're, they're going to be like, ah, I shouldn't hurry. But church, that's what we do. Not just the kids, not just the teenagers, but that's what we do. We, we hurry. We want to be in a hurry to get to somewhere that we're not. But when we think about it and we look into scripture about it, maybe God wants you to be exactly where you're at. Maybe God wants you to be where you're at and you're hurrying to go somewhere. <laughs> to be honest, you're not supposed to be there. And we're going to look at two different sections. We're, we're, we're going to look at, number one, you know, wh why are you in such a hurry? You know, and when you're in a hurry, or I'm sorry, when you're in a role, we're going to look at what you need to do in that role that you're in. Instead of rushing to the role that you want to be in, we're going to look at what you need to do while you're in that role. And later on, we're going to look at why we have to wait to be in that role. Because when we look at, at, at David and we look at, at, at the call in his life, David had a call, 100%. We all know it. David had a role. Just like me and you, we all have roles in our life. But yet it seems like we get bored with our role that we're in and we try to hastily and without thinking or praying, we try to rush into the role that we think we're intended for. But that's not what we need to do. We need to, we need to go into scripture and we need to trust God that he's gonna put us in the role that we need to be in. So if you guys have your Bibles, we're gonna look at 1 Samuel 17, 17 through 21. And it said, one day Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brother was with Saul in the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts, as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts of battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army, army against army. So David was a sheep. Oh, it was a sheep. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was a shepherd, okay? David was a shepherd. That was his role. That was the role that he was in. Deep down, I, I truly believe that David knew he was transitioning into another role. But in between that, his father asked him to serve another role. And David had a option of excuses to use. A lot of them we're very familiar with. Number one, that's not my job. Why would I take all this food and stuff to my brother? That's not my job. We use that one a lot. Maybe when we're in the role we're in now, maybe it's this one. I don't know how to. You know, that's something that when my kids were little, you ask them to do something, they're like, I don't know how to do it. You do too. 
But no, David could have used that excuse. He could have also did this excuse, and I think this is very familiar with all of us. I just flat out don't want to. And you know, when David was in the role he was in, he was going to another role. He was transitioning to another role, but he was, had to be in the role that he was in. So when you're in the role that you are in right now, church, I want you to listen to this. You may be transitioning to something else. You may know that you're transitioning to something else that God has called you to, but you are currently in the role right now that God wants you to be in. You need to finish out strong. If you leave a job, if you leave a position, how many of you guys have ever had this mentality? What are they going to do? Fire me? Right? You got to finish strong. If you're in the role now that you are transitioning into, finish strong. And while you're still in that role, let's, let's learn about roles. Number one, and we're going to learn about the role that you're currently in. Don't let your role lead you, but let God lead in your role. How many of you guys have ever been in a role and that's your title? That's your title. Your role is leading your life. Because church, we are absolutely in love with titles. But if you lead in, in your life, if you let your title lead you, Where's God at? Think about it. Think about the people in our lives, or even let's, let's go a little, a little bit crazy. You look at TV shows. Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. Do they call him Buzz Lightyear? No, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger, right? Yes, I used a Toy Story reference in a sermon. Congratulations. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger. That, it's his role, and he is letting the role lead him. So when, when we looked at David, David, he had a role that he had to bring food to his brothers. He went from a shepherd to a Grubhub driver, right? That's exactly what he was. And he, he did not let that role lead him, but he let God lead in that role. A lot of you are in a role right now that is absolutely as running your life. That role you're in right now is determining what type of person you are. That should not be the case. The role you are in now, you have to let God lead in it. But yet a lot of times we let our role determine what type of person we are. We let our role determine how we treat people. But a lot of times we also let our role determine our quality of life. Church. No matter what role you're in right now, stop leading. Let God lead in that role. So number one is, while you're in that role, make sure that God is leading and you are not. I have something that I call stink face wisdom. I know, it's weird. But have you ever heard or read something and it just makes you go, mm. Like stink face, right? So there's a quote that I heard a long, long time ago. And I use it a lot, and it's stink face. I mean, it's just like, it, it's like, hmm, that's good. And it's this, if serving is below you, then leadership is beyond you. If you can't serve while you're in whatever role you're in right now, that role that you're supposed to go to, you'll probably never, or it'll be harder for you to get there. David was on his way to be super famous. Anybody, even non-believers, know the story of David and Goliath. David was on his way to do what he was supposed to do, but yet he served. He served. And so if serving is under you, you know what I'm talking about. That's not my job. 
I thought I just don't want to. If serving is under you, leadership is way beyond you. And that's hard to us to understand and that's hard for us to comprehend. But let God lead in your role. Number two, this one stings a little bit. The quality of your role should not determine how faithful you are to it. That means whatever role you're in right now, some of you are in a role and it absolutely stinks. You do not like being in it. It brings you no joy, no happiness. Maybe you're angry every time you go into this role. Maybe it's a job. Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe it's, it's uh, uh, something that maybe you got thrusted into. But the quality of the role that God has you in should not determine how faithful you are to it. If God puts you in a role, church, listen to this. It's for a reason. And some of the roles are not, <laughs> are not very rewarding. Some of the roles that, that you are in they don't get you a lot of notoriety. Maybe, maybe the role, nobody even notices that you do it. But that should not determine how faithful you are to it. That should not determine how much effort you put into it. When I was young, my, I call it my, fist, my, my first big boy job. Um, I started working for Honda, and I was about 80 pounds lighter, and I was 5'6", so I was just a small fella. And then when I interviewed, they said, hey, are you afraid of uh, tight spaces? I'm like, we're fixing to find out because I need a job. So, um, so I, I went to Honda, and they, it sounds really awkward, but they called me oil boy. So basically, we had 200-ton uh, presses, and after every run, they would uh, throw me into the pit, as we called it. I had to scoop oil out, throw it in a 50-gallon drum. It took me about 45 minutes to an hour. I'd hop out, sit in a chair, catch my breath. 15, 20 minutes later, I'm back in, back in the, the pit, doing it again, doing it again. I cannot tell you how miserable that was. <laughs> I cannot tell you how awful that was. I stunk so bad, my wife would make me change in the garage. And then she made me do my own laundry. I was miserable. I was awful. But it was a job that I still to this day have nightmares about. No joke. I hated it. But I knew that that job that I was in would get me to where I am supposed to go. And so I served. I never missed a day. I was there every day because I wanted them to see me do this awful job that they made people do to break them and quit. I'm like, I'm going to show them. This role's where I'm at. I'm going I'm to do something great while I'm in it. Church, not every role that God puts us in is fancy in a feel-good role. It's not. If you believe that, you're misled. Church ministry is nasty. Ministry is hard. Discipleship is hard. Every role that God puts us in is not all feel-good, tingly in the tummy. But yet, it's still a role that God has put us in, and we need to do it. We need to be faithful to it. Number three is... The voices usually don't understand God's vision in your life. Church, this one's very tough for us to get through, but we'll get through it, okay? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, 28 through 37, and it says this, but when David's older brother, Elam, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride. I know about your deceit. 
You just want to see the battle. And he says, what have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul. Then the king sent for him. Don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he has been a man of war since youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions, I've done this to bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented, said, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. But with the first part, is that not like a brother? Why are you here? What? And David's like, I didn't even say nothing, right? I didn't even do anything. But that's how a brother is. Why are you here? What are you even doing here? You're not qualified. You're not a soldier. You're not even a man. You're a boy. Why are you here? That was David's family. That was his own blood. And that gives us a point three is the role you're in right now, if you're transitioning to a new role, the voices usually don't understand God's vision in your life. Church, there are going to be people in your life that are not going to understand God's timing in your life. It's okay. It's okay. There's going to be people in your life that they're not going to comprehend the role that God is about to put you in. It's okay. Church, there's people in your life right now that they don't understand the faith that you need to have to do what God is about to do in your life. Church, it's okay. Church, and I know people around us, they try to, to, to uh, do things out of love, and I agree. I believe most, if not all the time, when people try to talk you out of the next step that God has put you on, they're doing it from a place of love. You know, many times we say this, I'm just looking out for you, and I believe it. But a lot of times in our life, those people that are so close to us, a lot of times they don't see the vision. They don't see God's vision in your life. Church, the only person that needs to see the vision in your life is you, and you need to follow it. I shared a story with you that I worked for Honda, and, and I did what I tried to do. I was a little oil boy. I moved up, and finally I was, I was a, a, a team leader, and, and then they moved me up, and I was in charge of all the hiring and all the firing and all the, all the training. I moved up. And then they wanted me move up again. And when they moved me up again, I would have been one of the top tiers of this entire factory. There was only going to be three or four people above me. And they did everything they could. They trained me for years. I blood, sweat, and tears for years to get where I was going. They poured into me. They put people in my life that, that, that honestly, they, I was at work 70 to 80 to 90 hours a week trying to get to this point that I knew I was supposed to be at. Church, I want you to listen to what I just said. I, I, where I wanted to be at. That, that's the part that got me in trouble. And I remember we were two days, or no, the day before, I was supposed to get promoted. 
Two days before I was supposed to get the promotion that they have been paying a lot of money for me to get to. And they brought me into the, the, the factory vice president or the factory president's office. He set me down, a man of God. I loved him to death. He was one of my uh, favorite people when I was a young man. And he looked at me, he said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm gonna tell you this. God has put on my heart that you are not supposed to take this position. It is not your next role. I was furious, church. I think like most of us would have been, I was very mad. I'm like, you know, I sacrificed time with my family. I sacrificed my quality of life for this role that I knew I needed to be in. I was so angry. I, I sacrificed the relationship I had with my wife and my kids. I sacrificed everything because I was getting ready to go into a position that honestly my wife probably would have never had to work again. We would have never had to worry about anything. It was where I wanted to go, church. It's where I thought my family should go. And he sits in front of me and tells me, this is not your role. And I went home. Exact same night, I got a phone call from my old youth pastor. He called me and he said, I don't know why I'm calling you. Well, great way to start off a conversation, Mike. He's like, but I don't know why I'm calling you. He said, but I feel like I need to. He said, hey, I'm a senior pastor up at a church in Michigan. He said, I want to offer you a youth pastor position. And he said, I'm going to throw it out there. We can't pay you. It's in Michigan. The people here are not very nice or welcoming. And then he said, and finally... It's in Michigan. <laughs> and I remember, I thought about it, and he, he's like, he said, I know, he said, you have no business saying yes, but I just wanted to put that in your ear. And I remember I got off the phone, and my wife talked about it and prayed, for, prayed about it for a little bit, and we looked at each other, and was like, well, I guess we're moving to Michigan. And so we gave up everything we had, everything. We moved to Michigan with no income. We moved to Michigan and moving from a beautiful home on acreage with a pond to a 900 square foot house with three kids. Church, you would not believe how nasty those voices were around us. Some of them came from the people that we loved absolutely the most. A lot of them came from people that we trusted. A lot of people, a lot of the voices came from people that I looked up to. It broke my heart. But then, through a devotion I read, if you can't see what God's hands are doing in your life, then trust his heart. I had no idea what God was doing in my family's life. We got called reckless. We got called irresponsible. <clears throat> we got called bad parents from people that we love. But we knew this was the next role that God wanted us in. So you know what? The voices can be as loud as they want, but God's voice is way louder. Amen. And so we moved and and so the voices will be loud, but God's call in your life will be louder. Number four, what can we do while we're in this role? Sometimes we are called to be the sheep watcher and sometimes we are called to be the giant slayer. 
If you read the scripture in 1 Samuel, it says, So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. So David could not have went to slay the giant if that sheep watcher wouldn't have showed up. Church, I know a lot of times we want, we want to be that giant slayer. We want our faces on weedy boxes and, and people knowing who we are. Nobody wants to be that giant or that, that uh, sheep watcher. That sheep watcher is the lowest of the low. If you know your scripture, then you should know that the sheep or the shepherd, I can't believe I keep calling him a sheep, but the shepherd is one of the lowest positions you could get. Could you imagine how low that position is if you are a shepherd to the shepherd? You're a sheep watcher to the shepherd? But here's the thing, the sheep watcher showed up. That's how we need to be. I know we want to be that big, bad, giant slayer, but that and the sheep watcher, those jobs are equally important. As a basketball coach, I am never short of people telling me they want to take the last shot. I have never went into a huddle and be like, hey, who's taking the last shot? And nobody said anything. That has never happened. Usually it's the kid that went one for 27 that raises his hand. <laughs> but I have never been at a loss for people that want to take the last shot. But you know what I've been at a loss for? People that say they want to inbound the ball and get the assist on the last shot. Nobody ever raises their hand and be like, hey, I'll pass the ball in. Because nobody knows who does that. Church, that's the sheep watcher. That basket will never go in if that sheep watcher doesn't pass it in. Every job, every role you are in that benefits the kingdom of God, you are there for a reason. As little, as big as it is. So last one, as you wait, we need to realize sometimes we're there to watch sheep. Sometimes we are supposed to go to battle. But that's where we get confused and that's where we, we start to mess up is we want to get there. Just like I shared the story with my kids. We want to grow up. We want to do something that we're not doing right now and we want to rush into it. Well, maybe God is telling you to stop and wait. Maybe he's asking you, man, what is your hurry? And so we usually meet that with a question ourselves. God, why are you making me wait? Church, God does not make you wait to make you miserable. He makes you wait to make you moldable. God does not make you wait to ruin your life. God makes you wait because if you wait, you practice faith and patience. Something that a lot of us do not have. So four things why God is asking us to wait. Number one, church, your sheep watcher isn't ready yet. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one, of one another. The biggest thing I hear on a daily basis is how miserable our next generation coming up is. I hear it all the time. People telling us, I can't believe that's the future of our country. I can't believe that's the future of our church. Church, why do you think they haven't came up yet? They're not ready. Whose responsibility is it to get them ready? Ours. And we're being miserable at it. We complain all the time. Well, if they would just step up, church, they don't know how. And because we're not teaching them, the world is showing them how to step up. And I'm going to say it. They're not stepping up. They're just laying down. 
Church, that is our responsibility. If our sheep watcher's not ready yet, we need to lift them up and we need to get them ready. So maybe that's why you're still in the position and the role you're in right now. Because the person coming up behind you is not ready. What would have happened if David would have left his sheep before the sheep watcher had ever watched sheep before? I have never watched sheep. I have never been around sheep. I wear cotton. That's the closest thing I get. I have no idea what to do with a sheep. If you leave me with a sheep, it's probably not going to make it. Right? Same way. If David would have left, his sheep wouldn't have made it. But he had to wait until the sheep watcher was ready. So number one, maybe you're waiting. God's having you wait because your sheep watcher's not ready yet. Number two, while you're waiting, waiting, maybe your weapons aren't ready yet. 1 Samuel 17, 38 says this, Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of maul. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see where, what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into a shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Church, if you know anything about geology and rocks, you know a smooth stone comes from a jagged rock. David did not pick up a jagged rock. He picked up five smooth stones. That means that God had been working on his weapons for a long time. That means before David was even here, before his call was even in motion, God was working on his weapons the entire time. Maybe you're not going into the next role that God has you in because he's working on your weapons. Maybe God has called you to speak. Maybe pouring into people. Maybe discipleship. But you're not ready yet. Maybe he's working on your speaking abilities. Maybe, just maybe, God is calling you into to children's ministry or to pour into children or maybe to teach. And God is really working on your patience right now. <laughs> if we go into, oh, I'm sorry, if we go into battle without the weapons that we're called to carry, we're not going to win. We're not. David knew exactly the weapons that God had put in front of him, and he picked them up. Church, this could also be relationships. Maybe you're not entering into the next step of your relationship, or maybe into a relationship at all, because God's working on your weapon, which is a God-loving spouse. Maybe that's why you're not in the relationship, because God's working on your, on your spouse, on that weapon. I'm telling you, in a marriage today, there is nothing like a weapon knowing that your spouse loves Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe he's still working on that right now. That's why he's not called you into that relationship yet. Number three, maybe this is why God's asking you to wait. Maybe the battlefield isn't even in view yet. Church, we get wrapped up so many times in fighting battles that we should not be fighting. We go to other people's battlefields because we're waiting on our own and we get impatient. But yet, church, when our battlefield comes in view and we're tired and exhausted by fighting other battles, we wonder why. Church, there is going to be 
many of battles in your day. There's going to be many of battles that you're going to come into that are going to test every bit of you. We need to wait until that battlefield's even close. Romans 16, 20 says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of Lord Jesus be with you. That means soon. It's coming. Be patient. But that's what we do is we go to other people's battlefields. Y'all gonna know this is right. And we tell them how to fight their battles. Even though it's a battle we're not even supposed to be at. We tell them how to fight their battles. Church, your battle's coming. Instead of running around and swinging aimlessly, y'all better rest. Because it's going to take every ounce out of you. That's why God's making you wait, is because he's trying to rest you up for the fight of your life. So maybe that's why you're where you're at, because the battlefield's not even close. Last one, why? Maybe God is telling you to wait to go into the next role of your life. This is a big one. It's one I think we all struggle with. You're not ready to lay down what you have to pick up what is needed. Church, we are stubborn people. That should have got an amen from somebody. We are stubborn people. We don't like putting down what we have because we're comfortable with what we have. But can I give you a little analogy that is going to make you think all week? If David went to battle with what he had, he would have fought with a loaf of bread and a thing of cheese. Right? Scripture tells us, it says, Soon the Israelite and the Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried to the ranks to greet his brother. David came with something and left with something better. David came with a loaf of bread and some cheese and some grain. If he would have went to the battlefield with what he came with, ain't no way. Church, maybe that's why you're in the position you are right now and not transitioning because you're just not letting go of stuff. You know, in the beginning, I talked about my kids and, you know, when my kids were doing stuff they're not supposed to, you guys get me. What did we scream? Drop it, right? I would yell so loud, and I have a dad voice. Pierce didn't know what to drop, so he'd just fall to the floor. That's not even a joke. That's real truth. Drop it, and he'd just fall to the floor. God is here, and I'm telling you, he's probably yelling at someone, drop it. There's something in your life that God wants you just to let go of so he can move you into the next role in your life. Church, we have been stubborn for way too long. Church, if we don't drop what we have to move, how are the people behind us going to move? How are the generations behind us going to move up if we don't drop what we have and pick up what is needed? And I understand when we drop something, we're releasing our comfort, and we don't like that. Church, your comfort needs to come from Jesus Christ and not the items that you're holding, not the things that you're grabbing a hold of. So as we close my promise today, or my prayer today, is church, I just want you to drop whatever you have and pick up what God needs you to pick up. God, as we come to you in this moment, we come to you in this, this time, Lord, 
God, I pray today that we can let go of these things that we don't need. God, I know we get so much comfort from these things in our lives. God, I know we get so much comfort from these things that we carry to a battlefield that we're not even supposed to be at. God, so my prayer today, Lord, is that we just drop it. That we have the courage and the strength to drop what we don't need, but most importantly, that we have the faith to bend down and pick up what you need us to pick up. God, in this story that you have given us, God, I know we want the role that makes us famous. God, I know we want the role that makes us look good. But God, sometimes to win the battle, we got to get in the trenches and get dirty. And God, my prayer is that we serve that position just as faithfully as we do other positions. We love you in your glorious name. Amen. So while we go into this last song, my prayer is simple. I'm going to be standing right down there. And if you're in a position in your life that you know you're supposed to transition and it's not happening and you don't know why, my prayer for you will be that you just let go of it. That you have the strength and courage to pick up what's needed. So if you would like me to pray for you over that, I'll be right down here. Church, we need to get busy in the role that we're in, but we need to prepare for the role that God's about to put us in. Amen. Let's stand.